Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met, fellow adventurers. After all that business with Proving Ground 6, I've decided to return to a nice small village where nothing much ever happens, apart from nearly everything. I'm in Hawklaw now, and there was one particular, particular adventure here that unlocks a lot of other adventures, some of which are very profitable, and a lot of them are quite fun. Well, well all adventures in Swift are quite fun, except perhaps that one with the Wats in Dernstig, but even that, that's worth doing at least once. Adventures for this location. The Dark of Widowwood. The behest of two defeated adventurers. You're about to wake your way into the dark, twisting confines of Widowwood Cave, seeking to discover the fate of two missing boys, while endeavouring to survive the swarming menace that has lain claim to the shadowy lair. So this is another one of those adventures that can be done in normal or scale difficulty. Now, if you do it on scaled, you'll get slightly more experience. Just slightly. Probably only a couple of hundred over the course of the entire adventure. And also, you know, you might like it if, you know, you want to keep track of your stanima to ensure you to ensure you don't fall and stuff. But 
I'm gonna do it on normal instead. Because I don't want to have to repeat to die because that would just be embarrassing. Embark. A grey summer afternoon. The edge of a broad meadow. In the hills east and north of Hawklaw. Time for grimaced and allowed an involuntary shudder to momentarily shatter his concentration. The bulky warrior held his breath. The startling sensation passed through him, ending only when it reached the tip of his fingers as little more than a faint tingling. He renewed his grip on the heft of his axe and looked back to the far edge of the clearing so far. There was nothing. As he maintained his vicious, anxious vigil, Tevara stumbled forth and turned to Juro, dipping at the young woman's insistence that they had ventured into the cave in search of the missing boys, brothers from Hawklaw, who had proved every bit the fool's errand he feared it would. There were simply too many of them, savage, mindless, swarming, Snapping, relentless. Where was she? She had been right behind him. Shadowbuff cursed. We're certain that the brothers, if indeed they had wandered into that lair, were dead. He and Jural, both accomplished adventurers and no strangers to peril, had barely managed to escape with their lives. And now... As he watched and waited, afraid to consider the worst, grew hardly naive enough to hope for the best, he prayed that Jorio hadn't stopped to stem the tide in that now passage, even with her magical fire. The ant horde would tear her to pieces, yes. Oh, there's a link here. Skirmisher ant. Infortunate indeed is the adventurer who runs into a nest or a roving band of these fierce giant ants, named skirmisher due to their ferocity and their unnerving propensity to attack and devour any, any living thing they encounter. These ants are best avoided at all cost. More often than not, when skirmisher ants are encountered, it's a roving band of warrior ants, seeking out a safe location to which they can relocate to an existing nest. Typically, skirmisher ants are about as large as a medium-sized dog, although nowhere near as pat as petable. Skirmish the skirmisher ant queen, through who they are rarely encountered is said to be roughly the size of a bear. Okay, that is bad news. Alright, so, giant ants. Tanaboth silently cursed himself for not running back towards the mouth of the cave. But if Joria had stopped to fight the ants, his intervention would prove meaningless. There were too many of them. He continued to wait and repeated the prayers he had began mumbling when he had taken flight. He prayed for Joel. He prayed for the missing boys. Tableau! They're gone! 
They didn't follow me out. Doyle's breathless shout reached his ears a few moments before the young woman burst out of the forest and into the clearing. His heart skipped a beat and he exhaled sharply. <laughs> sharply as his long-time adventuring companion moved swiftly through the tall grass and drew up before him. Her rounded face was streaked with grime and sweat and her chest rose and fell rapidly and irregularly as she struggled to regain her breath. I don't think those boys are in there, she said, placing his hand on her shoulder just as much to ally his own misgivings about abandoning the adventure as it was to reassure the young spellcaster. We should probably... Joya produced what appears to be a pair of sticks and held them out for a companion to take. Tarbrus set down his axe and took the two pieces of wood, quickly realising they had been tied together to fasten the blade and hilt of a crude wooden sword. He stared knowingly at Joya, and she nodded. It doesn't mean they are still alive. But they were in there, she said, still nodding. I, went o I, I ran over that on the way out and went back to get it. Had to be sure. It was one of the swords they said they were carrying. They were in there. May the old father protect them. They were in there. For nearly a minute, neither spoke. Both of them knew what reality was. The two grey wall, wall brothers from Hawklaw, both of whom had yet to know ten summers, led, left the village yesterday afternoon, stick swords in hand, speaking of taking back Woodlewood Cave. Had the boys known the cave was infested with skirmishers? Seemed unlikely to either see an adventurer. There was no accounting for the brashness and foolhardy wheezing of the very young. Tabor thought the two boys, standing in the damp gloom of the cave's narrow tunnels, tightly gripping the ten swords, the first of the cave's nightmarish denizens bore down on them. The fear they most have felt is something he could only partially imagine. Teleboth hated the ants. In fact, he would never admit it. He was terrified of them. Goblins, ogres, trolls and their ilk could be vanquished. Their morale could be broken. Only rarely would these creatures fight to the death and the chance to escape prevented itself. Really? That's not what I've seen. But maybe I just don't give them chance to escape. And I only deal with the worst of the worst of them. Only where these creatures, however, foul who they are, valued their own survival. They understood fear and could be relied upon to heed its desperate warnings. They were beatable. Not so with the ants. They could be defeated. This he recognised but only when every last one of their number 
was motionless and oozing the dreadful sweet-smelling ichor that filled their armoured husks. The ants never copped stomach coming, never stopped fighting, they never fled. They swarmed and snapped until any perceived threat was removed. The two boys and their wooden stores wouldn't have stood a chance against even one of the fearless menaces, and Widowwood Cave was teeming with them. By the old father. What are we to do now? Tell a boss question, snapped Joy out of deep thought. She turned and stared back in the direction of the cave. His mouth well concealed, but behind a thick tangle of a forest that surrounded the meadow. The ants weren't coming. Now she and Telegraph had fled. The threat to their lair was gone. They could retreat to the, to the darkness of the cave and prepare its gloomy tunnels for the arrival of their queen. An elusive, massive, truly horrifying creature that few living souls had ever had the misfortune of encountering Duo's mind waste. The next move wasn't particularly easy to see. Her magical fire had killed perhaps a dozen ants, and Turbo's axe had driven the ants tally up to nearly twenty. But there seemed to be no end to them. As she feared for the two boys who presumably wandered into, into or near the cave, Till she, like a companion, was now all but certain they were dead. Still, the unyielding desire to rescue them, to save them from a savagery and terror their young minds couldn't possibly comprehend, was difficult to abandon. Certainly, however, grim realization, as the grim realization of her likely demise set in, a growing despair gave way to unbridled anger. She would see the ants destroyed. The task may have been beyond her and a stalwart panion, but she could see it done. And, much to her burgeoning Semphus beliefs, she was suddenly confident about the end, about how that end could be achieved. Come on, she said, suddenly realising Telegraph was staring expectantly at us. So let's go back to the village. We need to talk to Puripor. Early the next morning, in the wooded hills north and east of Hawklaw, before the mouth of Widdlewood Cave, the very lair from which Tilboarth and Duriel barely escaped yesterday, you spent the last several minutes carefully observing the gaping cave mouth. If the account of Tillabrath and Durrell gave, gave to you le- le- late ye- yesterday in Hawkeye was accurate, and you have no reason to doubt them, then Widowwood Cave is swarming with skirmisher ants. A daunting prospect for even the most experienced adventurer. You've been planning to leave... Hawklaw, seeking to follow the Wubow adventure into the northwest corner of the kingdom, when you were laylaid by Pippamore, the beloved keeper of the Stoneback Tavern, in a private space towards the back of his establishment's common room, 
he introduced you to Tyler Braff and Gerald, the several monks of Palo. The two adventurers related to you a full account of the missing brothers, and their subsequent, though ultimately unsuccessful, search of the nearby Woodlewood Cave. After li- lis- listening to the narrative provided by Toboaf and Durio, with a fair me- le- leisure measure of Hyperlore's seemingly endless stream of wisdom thrown in, he determined the only course of action was you to enter Widowwood Cave and clear out the stir- skirmisher ants that infested it. The two adventurers, both obviously shaken by what they encountered in the cave, seemed profoundly relieved when you announced their intentions. Jurio and Thon Greywall, Piper announced, perhaps realising realizing the missing boys had yet to be named. A mysterious pair, make no respect, but good lads by all measure. I dare not think of them stuck somewhere in the awful caves. Neither do I care, dare think of their folks. Relief to them, you know you're going after them. A relief to all of us. With no desire to delay what you hoped would prove to be a rescue, decided to set out at once. After receiving directions to the cave from Duriel, you bade her, Tilipoaf and Pilipopor, farewell, prepared to depart. As you were about to leave, Pipor caught up with you at the door and took you aside. Speaking in a hushed tone, he's taught... He related to you his fondness for the Great Wells, just how distraught they and he are over their disappearance. There are few close, we're few enough and close enough to feel like kin, he said, in obvious reference to the citizenry folklore. Their parents, George and Loisa, are good friends of mine. I don't mean to add to your burden, of course, but but I consider what you're undertaking. Be a personal favour to me. Thank you, my friend. You meet Pippapur in a shoulder cross and promise him that you will do your very best to find and rescue the boys, if indeed a rescue is still possible. With that, you turned and stepped out of the cavern, eager to get your mission underway. Pippapur, who, who from the open door watched you make your way along the village forefare, finally turned and walked back to the table where Telegraph and Julia were seated. There, my friends, goes the best and only chance those boys have got, says Podclaw, lifting nods for the two adventurers. Don't worry, if the Grey Law bra- lads, lads are alive, and I pray that they are, our soup will bring them home, and you can be sure there won't be an ant left alive to have any say about it. And now, the shrill cry of a forest bird and an echoing answer from its distant mate snaps your thoughts back to the present. You once again scour the surrounding forest for any sign of the ants that are taken up residence in the dark of Widowwood. After several moments, convinced that your approach will not be observed, you cautiously make your way up to the mouth of the cave. You're standing just outside the gaping mouth of Widowwood Cave, a 
cool breeze gifts drifts out of the cave's shadowy moor, bearing on its breath a strange, somewhat sweet, sweet odour. Despite the danger your certain lurks in the darkness beyond the cave's moor, you realise you must brave the perils of this lair if you are to have any chance of, of finding the missing Grey Wall boys alive. Enter. I can rest here, but I don't need to now because I've just started. I will enter the cave. You're standing just inside the broad mouth of Widowwood Cave, enveloped in the eerie gloom that fills this dank forest lair. Before you, a sloping tunnel leads south into the heart of the cave. Some, oh, something's going to come up. Nope, nothing came up. A strange, sweetly, faintly sweet over wafts through the gloom that fills these twisting cave bastions. Now and again, you hear what sounds like something moving off in the distance. So, this is a bit mazy, this dungeon. I'm on the north side. Instinctively draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as a skirmisher ant charges out of the gloom ahead with its deadly jaws stretched wide. The fearsome creature bears down on you with unnerving swiftness. One skirmisher ant. Now, good thing for... The quickstone stored the 20 I just rolled. That's nice. I will use that later. It is slain. 8 XP. After carefully checking over your gear and making certain there are no more ants lurking in the nearby gloom, you warily continue along the cave tunnel. It's another skirmisher ant. Just quick combat that. 7 XP. You freeze in mid-step and instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as a massive Glowing skirmisher ant suddenly appears out of the darkness ahead. The fearsome creature, its armoured body surrounded by a faint green aura, wildly snaps its deadly jaws while moving swiftly towards you. Hmm. There's an aura, so slaying this ant must be important. Hold your ground and face it. Grim determination, you step forward to meet the swift advance of the massive glowing ant. It's a massive skirmisher ant. Your weapon is ineffective. And it has an anti-magic field. What about the Wonder Dragonfire? Ah, uh, it has thousands... It did 183 damage. But it has thousands of health yeah i don't think i'm i don't think i'm supposed to face it now going to get something to deal with that glow going to flee you're not able to attack this round because you're fleeing the massive ant stabs its powerful jaws at you fortunately it was a free plus Rolled, so it didn't do much damage. And usually when you're facing an undefeatable super foe, it's an 18 plus. You have fled. It's not fleeing. It's a tactical retreat. You turn and take flight. 
narrowly dodging the deadly snap of the glowing ant's massive jaws. Much to your relief, the giant skirmish rand appears to take no interest in pursuing you. Instead, the fearsome creature turns and moves off opposite direction along the tunnel. That's not very antish. I mean, not antish at all. The whole point of ants is if they, once they find a prey, they will pursue it. And if they meet more ants, more ants will be summoned. And if you kill their ants, that just kills, brings more ants. And if, and if, and if that doesn't work, they'll just choke the thing under the sheer weight of ants. Yes, I guess we're very. Uh, Zoop is very lucky that these that these ants are not acting. I haven't got the swarm tactics of of their tinier brethren. Because I mean, if these think if if these skirmisher ants ants acted like say driver ants, then there wouldn't be anyone alive in Tice, in Tosa, or indeed the entire North Broadlands. Maybe the central, if you go further south, it might get hot enough that they might have problems, but North Broadlands, gone, just gone. They would eat everyone. And I don't... And, Yes, we do have great heroes, but heroes run out of SP eventually, and they're not going to run out of ants. We'll run out. We'll run out of and en- en- we'll run out of our Neville Reserve for healing long before they run out of ants. If these ants acted like driver ants, and it's not like we we could just avoid their caves. Because driver ants don't have caves. Driver ants make their caves out of more driver ants. It's called bivio-vacking. They just, whenever driver ants need to rest, they just make a big pile of driver ants. Put the eggs and the breeders and the babies in the middle. Put the scary ants on the outside. And nobody's going to mess with that. Nobody. And then, when it's time to move on, it unfolds into battle mode and just devours everything in its path. Fortunately, in our world, they're tiny, which is why we still exist. Because if they weren't, we would be screwed. And yes, this does mean even with bullets... Even with guns, we would still be screwed. Because we'll run out of bullets long before they run out of ants. Even if we really went all in on making the bullets. I mean, maybe if we did, maybe if we like made a line, you know, in South America, we, we made a Made a heavily fortified line across Panama. <laughs> and just 
had like 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 a man with a machine gun every meter along the line and just have them shoot constantly and just feed the machine guns had them on just have it endless and the machine gun just I don't know have some person just attach more to the belts I don't I don't know how machine guns work I think if you can keep the make the belt long enough, they can just keep firing. Well, until it overheats. And presumably, then you just rotate that machine gun to the back and quickly bring another one forward, or something like that. And just hope, hope that eventually you have such a huge pile of pile of bullets and ants that it might make a wall. But they'll probably just climb over it and then just sail over the line. Because that's what they would do. Yes, fortunately, that that has not happened in either world. In our world, the ants are super aggressive, super teamwork, millions of ants. But they're tiny. In this world... The ants are bigger, but they have less of the super teamwork. So it balances out. Slightly worse in their world, because the ants are a lot bigger. But it could be much, much worse. That's because the amount of millions, yeah. Million is something it can easily occur in an ant, you know, super colony. And that's before we even get on to the global ant mega colony. No, I am not facing this giant ant. You turn and take flight, narrowly avoiding the deadly snap, the glowing ant's massive jaws. Much to relief, the giant skirmisher ant appears to take no more, no interest in pursuing you. Instead, the fearsome. It just turns and moves off in the opposite direction along the tunnel. So taking few moments to catch sight, warily set off on your way. Okay, I deflate. Looks like looks like that passage is blocked. I'm guessing that ant was instructed to guard something, which is very lucky for me. Well, and indeed, everyone else. Because if we had an indestructible ant on patrol, I mean, yeah, that that would be bad news. We've just got to find some way to destruct this indestructible ant. It's a regular skirmisher ant, and it's bashed 8 XP. And get to the same plot again. Yeah, you approach it from the other side. You can't go there. Skirmisher ant. Bash 8xp. Now, there'll be some sort of clue here to getting past it. Because there, there always is. It's just dungeon, it's the dungeon walls. 
I mean, you don't just put an indestructible enemy in the floor in a dungeon and just have you not fight it well. Actually, there is one exception to that in this game of an in where there is one enemy you can not destroy. It just won't go. And you can't and there's nothing that gives you the hint. But that is for quite a while later. Quite a while later indeed. Without warning, four skirmisher ants suddenly charge out of the gloom. The vicious, fearless creatures swiftly move to surround you, making escape impossible. With your heart pounding, you draw yourselves into a combat-ready stance as you prepare yourself to face the swarming ants one at a time. The first skirmisher ant is immediately upon you, seeking to clamp its massive jaws down upon you. No, I need my head! The skirmisher ant snaps at you with its powerful jaws and is slain. Alright, on 10 XP, on to the second one. Come on. Another skirmisher ant snaps at you with its powerful jaws, slain. Another 10 XP. Powerful jaws once more. And the fourth and final one. Once again, very lucky these aren't like the sort of ants we have here. Because it because with ants like this, it wouldn't end with four. It just wouldn't. It never would. Because ants don't think in fours. They think in, how many ants do have we got? I'll do. And if that's not enough, we'll breed more. Because they can do that. And if you and if you kill us faster than we breed, we'll make another queen and breed faster. Hmm. Yeah. The last of the skirmisher ants collapses into a oozing heap at your feet. You step back and exhale sharply as the unpleasant odour winding from the carcass of the slain creatures assails your senses. 32 XP to general. To taking a few moments to recover from the battle, you make your way past the slain ants and warily resume your exploration of the cave. Okay, making my way in sort of the middle now. A massive iron orb sits in almost the precise centre of the broad alcove. The twisted, oozing remains of over a dozen skirmisher ants lie nearby, several of them within just a few feet of the giant spear. So, we've had a dozen slain by this orb. We've had 20 slain by those two adventurers. And we've had about 10, maybe so far, slain by me. A soft, droning hum. Animates from the orb. Approach it. So as you step, step up to the massive orb, a strange sense of bewilderment washes over you, leaving you feeling somewhat drained. Okay, 
Suddenly, the ghostly figure of the man in flowing robes appears next to the orb. The phantasmal man, those dark, receding hair, is pulled back into a single lengthy braid, smiles, and bows, and bows deeply. Rejoice, friend, for you are in the presence of Dogmorthal, Lord of the Waking Mire, and now and again, dutiful observer of this inconsequential world, he says, repeating his bow before returning to his full height and folding his arms. How do you like my creatures? I hoped my orb would attract something greater than this crawling orb, but one mustn't be ungrateful. At, the, at my core, I am, above all else, always grateful. You find yourself momentarily lost for wars. You've long known about the tales of Dogmothal, a powerful Neverwar entity, said to appear at odd times, and, and, and uh, to either aid or thwart those endeavouring to complete an important task. Now he has a law book entry. Dogmothal, hailing from a shadowy realm in the deepest reaches of the Neverness, the demon lord, who some accounts simply refer to him as an entity, Dogmothal is said to reside in a windowless tower that rises out of the heart of a nightmarish swamp known as the Waking Mire. Tales abound bound of Dogmorthal's interference in the affairs of Swift's adventurers. By most accounts, he appears to adventurers in the form of a ghostly figure to offer them his help and guidance, while the true intentions of the powerful entity known as Dogmorthal may never be ascertained. Most who have encountered him believe that despite what he possessed, professes, his intentions are largely sinister in nature. Nothing to say? Well, that's all right, says the ghostly figure. I didn't need to hear from you anyhow. I've decided you could probably use my help. Well, could you? What does he mean? What do you mean by, what do I mean, he asks. Aren't you here looking for those two venturesome lads? Of course you are. I'd like to help you find them, if that's all right. Your pulse quickens. If, if, if the demonic figure standing before you... If what the demonic figure standing before you just said is true, the two missing boys must be alive somewhere in the cave. Accept his help. That's just that's just using what brains you've got, the demon says, laughing. You're gonna need my help, mind. Because the lads you came here here seeking are still alive. And unharmed, mostly. And if you can find them in time, they ought to stay that way. But you better hurry. Things are starting to look a bit dire. He immediately asked Dog Morfar about the missing boys. Yes, yes, settle down, he says in a slightly annoyed tone as he shakes his head. I'll help you to rid these place of these miserable crawling creatures. Then the rest is up to you. I assume you've defeated at least. At least a 
few of them on your own. When you announced the number of skirmish you went, you slain, took them off our nods and then shrugs. Not at all a poor showing, he says. You can clear out the ones they're wandering about. And then take care of the glowing ants. What's that? You've encountered the glowing ants? Yes, well, truly sorry about them. Little expense of mine there were. I'll not be repeating that one. Don't worry. I'll just bestow upon you the means to properly deal with them. The ghostly figure of Dog or Far winks at you. And for a fleeting moment, you feel slightly light-headed. There, it's done. You don't even have to thank me. Unless you want to, of course. Now I'll be able to contend with those glowing ants much better when you run into them. All right, there's no need for delay. After all, you've got a rescue to effect, haven't you? You thank the demon robes, the robe demon's image, though you see somewhat strange doing so, then make another inquiry on the missing children. I already told you they're currently fine, he says, clearly put off by the question. You best tend to Willing's place of those ants. By the way, there were four of the glowing ones. Did you hear what I said? There are four of them, just four. Once you've gotten rid of, rid of the ants, follow your ears and you'll find what you're looking for. So there we have it. That's the bargain. You win this place of the ants and I'll see what I can do to, to, to see the little creatures, critters you've come here to rescue stay safe. Realising that according to Dog Mofar has just told you that you need to weed the cave of the ants before you're able to find the missing boys. You thank him again, and begin to step away from the massive iron orb. Oh, think nothing of it, really, he says, yawning. After all, it was in my ants to cause this whole... Wait, you've never heard that, yes. Pretend you'd never heard of, heard any of that. All right, all right, off with you now. How about those miserable creatures? As you step away from the iron orb, the ghostly image of Dog Mothalf brief, flickers briefly. Then vanishes. Okay, I don't want to talk to that guy again. Regular skirmish rant. Bash. 8 XP. Yeah, just going to quick combat all these ants. Skirmish rant. Bash. 8 XP. I mean, it is adding up slowly. You freeze in mid-step and instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stats as a massive glowing skirmishuan suddenly appears out of the darkness ahead. The fearsome creature, its armoured body surrounded by a faint green aura, wildly snaps its deadly jaws while moving swiftly towards you. Hold your ground and face it. With grim determination, you boldly step forward to meet the advance of the massive glowing ant. Begin combat. I guess he put some sort of Little hypnotism on them so they don't move about. What that mean? I mean, if you are going to create indestructible super ants, then at least you could stop them from going around. From going around and killing everything in the world, the massive ants stab at you with its powerful jaws. Yes, it is a lot easier now. It's mostly gone and slain. 70 XP. 
and step away from the shattered, oozing carcass of the skirmisher bands, and wipe away several beads of sweat as they streak down your brow. The greenish glow surrounding the slain ant slowly fades before ultimately vanishing. You've just slain your first giant glowing ant. According to what Dogmar Tharas told you, there were a total of four of these creatures lurking in the cave. After taking a few moments to check over your equipment, you once again prepare to resume your exploration of the cave passage. Okay, just gonna exp- gonna explore all the parts of this cave. Ooh, head quickly to the cave entrance. Leave the cave west. Oh. Oh, you can only restore your... You can only restore your stamina points. So, I have to... So, if I want to heal, i got to go back to the start of the cave. Okay, now I'm making my way north side. Sort of near the entrance, but the long way. Over to the northeast now, suddenly. Close, you certainly spot something lying at the the edge of the tunnel. Close examination reveals the object to be a crude pretend sword fashioned out of two sticks. A small length of twine binds the smaller hilt stick, the hilt, to a longer one, the blade. Your discovery serves to bring you a small measure of hope. At least one of the Grey Walled lads made it this far, though there is nothing to suggest what became of one or both of them after this point. After making a more thorough search of the immediate vicinity, finding nothing, you cast the sword aside and once again resume your exploration along the cave passage. Okay, and I cannot find the sword again. Hmm. Didn't keep it, keep it, take it with me. Okay. I mean, it does have sentimental value. Okay, that was the northeast corner. Now, on the eastern side of this very large, very mazy cave. Yep, just, you just, I'm going to explore every single square of this dungeon. That's just how you got to do it. Okay, fortunately, the, the dungeon map has a little sign on the places you've already been. You freeze in mid-step and instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as a massive, glowing skirmisher ant suddenly appears out of the darkness ahead. The fearsome creature, its armoured body surrounded by a faint green aura, widely snaps its deadly jaws while moving swiftly towards you. Hold your ground and face the giant ant. I'm just going to bash that. Quick combat. And down it goes. 70 XP. You step away from the shattered, oozing carcass of the skirmisher ant and wipe away several beads of sweat as they streak down your brow. The greenish glow surrounding the slain ant slowly fades before ultimately vanishing. You've just slain a second giant glowing ant. 
According to what Doug Borthal told you, there were a total of four of these creatures in the cave. Take you a few moments to check over your equipment. You're once again prepared to resume your exploration of the cave passage. Okay, they're sort of, they seem to be at intersections. But I just gotta explore the entire cave. Nope, uh, nope, nothing there. Alright, it's near Dogmothal that time. Fortunately, there was a cave wall between me and him, so. You freeze in mid step and instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as a massive, glowing skirmisher ant suddenly appears out of the darkness ahead. The fearsome creature, its armoured body surrounded by a faint green aura, widely snaps its deadly jaws while moving swiftly towards you. Hold my ground and face it! With grim determination, you boldly step forward to meet the advance of the massive, glowing ant. Begin combat. Snaps at me with its powerful jaws. Doesn't seem to be any specials. You have slain your foe. No specials for me, though. You step, step away from the shattered oozing carcass of the sturm, sturm, skirmisher ant and wipe away several beads of sweat as they streak down your brow. The greenish glow surrounding the slain ant slowly fades before ultimately vanishing. You've just slain a third giant glowing ant. According to what Dogmorfell told you, there were a total of four of these creatures lurking in the cave. After taking a few moments to check over your equipment, you once again prepare to resume your exploration of the cave passage. So, that's three of them downed. One more to go. Yep, just exploring the southern part of this cave now. It's, oh, here we are, the fourth and final giant ant. Just going to quick combat that. 70 XP. You step away from the shattered, oozing carcass of the skirmisher ant and wipe away several beads of sweat as they streak down your brow. The greenish glow surrounding the slain ant slowly fades before ultimately vanishing. You've just slain a fourth glowing ant, and according to what Dog Mothar told you, there were only four of them. Taking a few moments to check over your equipment, you once again prepare to resume your exploration of the cave passage. Let's see. Strange sweet odour wafts through the deep gloom that fills these twisting cave passages. Somewhere off to the north and edge, west, you can hear what sounds like someone shouting for help. Okay. It's north. Someone shouting for help. North and west. Just exploring the last little segments of this cave. To all. There might be something hiding in here. Probably not though. Because this is just... Just your regular giant hunt adventure. Yeah, we, well, we don't want to fall as well. To the west, 
South and West. Okay. I think he's right here. No? South and West. Okay. South and West. Maybe. Wait. Oh, come on now. Here? Suddenly. I reached the end of the tunnel and the made a quick search of the area. You're about to turn and head back along the passage when a sudden fury, flurry of movement in the nearby gloom catches your eye. And instinctively, you assume a combat-ready stance, prepared to face yet another skirmish around, only to find yourself confronted by a sight that serves to lift the weight of your world from your shoulders. Two young boys, their faces and hands cut, scraped and covered in grime, emerge from behind a loose slab of stone that is long kept and hidden. Without hesitation, the lads rush forward and throw their arms about you, sobbing uncontrollably. In an attempt to calm them, you ask them their names. The taller boy tells, tells you his name is Thond, the boy next to him is Gerald. Your sense of release you felt only moments ago on discovering, discovering the wishing brothers is now quickly replaced by the dreadful realisation you must now lead the two young children out of this perilous lair to safety. Now, that would be a lot more difficult if these ants, you know, acted like the ants we have here, because... They would just spray a. They would just spray me with attack here pheromones, and all the ants would go, "Hey, do you smell that attack here thing? I'm going to attack there." And then, zoom! All the ants would congregate, and then, um, yeah, I I would be in a very, I would have a bad time. Fortunately, these ants are acting. More like usual RPG monsters, where they wander around in groups of a maximum of four and don't conjugate. Because that, apparently, I think that's just a rule, a rule of RPGs that the foes do not conjugate. Because if they, they did conjugate, you would die. Because there's one of you. And even even in most even in a relatively small dungeon, there's probably a hundred foes. But no, you find a you you find you lay yourself up, so they attack one at a time. Of course, if they if a lot of them attack at once, it doesn't help them either, because it turns out that. Turns out that when they are all attack at once, they're actually less deadly than one big scary guy. Like that captain we just fought. Fought a few in the... In the third... The pen... The one before the penultimate proving grounds. The outer throne part two. Okay. Taking immediate charge, you stoop in front of the boys and explain to them the three of you must make your way out of the cave as quickly and safely as possible. You're about to tell them 
that you don't believe there are any more ants in the cave. Jill, smaller and younger brother, his eyes widening, sweeps and falls back towards the cave wall. Without hesitation, you push front in the direction of his brother and spin around to find yourself staring at three large skirmisher ants stalking out of the gloom. You issue a sharp command to the terrified youngsters, ordering them to stay behind as you draw yourself into position to face the first of the advancing ants. It's a skirmisher ant. One of three snaps with its powerful jaws. Now this could be a lot tougher if I played it in scaled mode. Trovic speak. Leaping over the carcass of the first ant, you boldly engage the second. Okay. Snappings with powerful jaws. 12 XP once more. The third skirmisher enters upon you. His deadly jaw snapping as it fearlessly attacks. Just quick combat. Nope, just regular combat. Ooh, the savage bite of your enemy teared into my flesh. They do do specials. Just not very often. And they're pretty weak. For 12 XP. Instant, the third ant collapses into a oozing heap on the cave floor. You gather up jaw and thond, and have been instructed them to remain directly behind you. Begin to make your way out of Widowwood Cave. The brothers, still clearly terrified of the cave and what they feel will be lurking along around every corner, stumble along behind you as you curiously, cautiously navigate your way out of the eerie, Gloom-filled lair. At last, a pale light stabs through the darkness and you realise, much to profound relief, that you are nearing the mouth of the cave. Less than a minute later, the three of you spill out of the darkness and into the fading light of a, bl of a blustery late afternoon. For taking a few moments to look over the lads, Presently surprised, neither of them has suffered more than a few scrapes and bruises. You've set off for Hawklaw, eager to bring both your mission and the boys' ordeal to a swift and successful conclusion. Uh, next page. Next day. It, it's late afternoon when you return to Hawklaw, with Jewel and Thon Greywall at your side. There is a joyous, tearful reunion. Just outside the stone back, as both brothers, scraped and untidy but otherwise unharmed, are met by their parents, two sisters, and a handful of the village's elated citizenry. After taking, thanking and embracing you repeatedly, the boys' parents turn their formerly wayward children towards home, where you're certain they will receive a sharp rebuke. The sharp rebuke of their mother, as far as you're concerned, quite deservedly so. As they depart, you meet perhaps the tenth bad by Sandy with shoulder crots. Pukor appears next to you and ushers you into the tavern. Even gratitude can wear out its welcome, he says, closing the tavern door and pointing to a table next to the fire. Heeding the unspoken directive, you make your way towards the deserted, across the deserted common room, and take a seat at the fire. The stone-backs admirable keeper busies himself out of sight in an adjacent room for nearly a minute, 
for poking his head out the edge of the narrow doorway. Ale or Palo? he asks. I will have Palo. Purple's head and disappears, and several moments later, he returns to the common room through another door, bearing his sizable hands, two steaming mugs. He sets them both down on a table, which are seated, and signs one over to you. Fresh off the fire, of course, he says, smiling. Nothing like a bit of the old stewed bark to wash away the dust of the road, or the grime of battle. Have at it. As you sip as your pale ale, people call thanks you for having rescued the Grey Wall lads. He politely inquires about some of the details of the excursion into the cave, nodding or shaping his head at various points during your brief narrative. You don't need me to tell you what folks around here think of you, says Pippafor, smiling as he stands and clears the table. They've long been saying that the age of, of the adventure is dead. A thing of the past, as some might see fit to call it. Well, not me. It's people like you, Zoop, that make it possible for places like Haw- Hawcroft to stay as it is, beside the walls of greater places. I'm far away from all that comes from such attachment. With such attachment. I told you, told you this was a special favour for me, and you forever have my gratitude. Thank you, my friend. The tavern doors spring o- swing open and several patrons shuffle in, shouting greetings to Pritifor and saluting you with friendly waves. Your host returns turns and clears hence for a shelf along the far wall, upon which he rests a row of clean fathoms, with vivid force of the daring rescue from Riddlewood Cave. Still playing on your mind, you slump down in your seat and stretch out your feet towards the fire and, swifts and slowly drift off to, f- to sleep. That finishes this adventure for 1,024 experience to general and 128 experience to all skills and powers. And more importantly, it's just brought my list of available adventures from 49 to 54. So, there's quite there's some new adventures. There's You Never Miss the Water in Deep, in deep Well. There's Three Scrolls in Dernstig. Okay, I don't... A lurking... Yeah, maybe. Is a lurking danger in that... In Garm the Horse Trading You? Might be. Okay, the wand, that's new. Okay, let's see this. Probably this will be some other ones. That sweet melody, that's going to be new. Leavings, Beggar's Delve. Ah, yeah, that's, that's a new one. All right. I'm gonna to have to note down that this is a pro that this is one uni- a pro request for doing that one. Yeah, and then dead end in Twithic. That's one of those surprisingly rewarding adventures, considering how quick it is. 
Yeah. And then, well, I think that's that forest edge. I think that's that's another one. And then an arrival. That's the one that I unlocked by finishing Proving Ground 6. So, lots more to do. I think next time... Oh, a new shop has opened in Westmere. Hmm, have we got enough time to look there? Not really, but it'll only take a couple of minutes. Let's, let's go there. I mean, there's no really... If we do it any other time, I'm, yeah, I'll have to... I'll have to link to the previous episode to give context and it's just a way well, to explain things and stuff. So just do it now. Westmere. Visit it. Visit Lockside Outfitters. This small shop wedged between the Misty Lock Tavern and the dilapidated Double Stone Inn appears to sell weapons and armour. Sunlight spills in through the gap cracks in the roof, its broad, pale beams stabbing through the dust-laden air. Suddenly, a tall, broad-shouldered man, whose lengthy black hair is grey, appears out of a back room and strides across the shop to meet you in a shoulder cross. For he looks slightly different than remember, you have little trouble recognising Tybor. The man you last saw in Hawklaw during your mission to rescue the Grey War brothers from Widdlewild Cave. Widdlewood Cave. Well, I hope we've been keeping away from skirmish ants, he says with a grin. You can, you can sense even speaking the name of those wretched creatures makes him uneasy. Well, how'd you like this little place we've set up? It's not much yet, but we're working on it. You learn that in the months that have passed since your adventure in Widowwood Cave, it's been months. Again, that's just how the narrative works. We're not the 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 number the order you play the adventures in isn't chronological order. It's nowhere near close. That's why you can, for example, stop a proving grounds adventure in the middle and do. 50 other things before coming back. Because they're not in chronological order at all. It's like they're being told by a bard in the distant future. A secret that was actually revealed when we did the Wonder Dragonfire adventure. The Blood of Zadzuin. Tom. Tarbroth has retired from adventuring and married Jorelau. The young maid and fellow adventurer was at his side on an ill-fated attempt to rescue the missing brothers. Julia is off just now. She's still very much an adventurer. Not one to stick still for very long. I mind the shop and she returns from her adventures with things we can sell. So far we've done quite well for ourselves. If I may be allowed to boast just a little. Tabwaf holds up her finger as if suddenly mindful of something, and slips into a room at the back of the shop. He returns only a few moments later and hands you a small leather pouch. Its mouth, mouth cinched with a worn length of string. That's something I've been saving for you. As odd as that might sound, he says, that is we, I, that is we, 
both me and Doyle, owe you a great deal of thanks for all that you did. I know you don't need our gratitude. Maybe you don't even want it. You're having it all the same. I think you'll find a use for what's in there. He thanked Talbot off and opened the pouch and removed it from a small platinum charm carved to resemble a bear's head. It's a platinum bear charm. View. Okay, it's one encumbrance. So it better do something. This small platinum charm is carved to resemble the head of a bear. It's given to you by Talbot when you first visited him in the shop that he and his wife Julia now operate in the town of Westmere. I guess that's a, that's a good place to set up a shop if you're going to if you're going to sell to adventurers because every single adventurer is going to go there and try to it's going to go there so they can go to the battlegrounds. Maybe you'd have more success if you set up in the battlegrounds themselves, but if I was Zuzurim, I'd probably charge some pretty steep went to set up a shop there. According to what Talabreth told you, receive the charm for a, for, from a grateful sorcerer who indicated the object bore several enchantments and would serve to protect its wearer. I hope it brings you luck. It is long done for me, he says. I know very little about it, save for that the sorcerer who gave it to me told me it bore several enchantments that would help protect me from danger. Scow yours, friend, my friend. Politely accept the gift. Hmm. Now, since it's not with Doria who's actually doing the adventures, I don't feel bad about taking it. I will accept it. Talibor smiles and slaps you on the shoulder. He tells you that Julio never believed the charm was magical. I can think of several times when I'm certain that a little piece was at work, he says. Julio wouldn't hear of it, but I'm certain it is powers that aren't to be overlooked. No doubt it will serve you well. You thank Talibor for the platinum charm. He smiles and nods in response. You spend the next small while conversing with Julio for all matter of subjects. The conversation always seems to return at your host's request with your recent adventures. I should be careful discussing such things, he says. I've no temptation to take up my former trade, but there's no reason to stoke the fire. When at last you bid Talibreth farewell, he tells you to make sure you stop in whenever you're in the area. We're fixing up this place as best we can, he says, and you'll be most glad to see you. Neither one of us ever forget what you did. Safe journeys, my friend. With that, you meet Tobaroth in a shoulder cross before making your way out of the shop. Alright, this small shop, shop wedged between the Misty Lock Tavern and the dilapidated Tobblestone Inn, is owned and operated by Tobaroth, Windlaw, and his wife, Doriel. The former adventure having tired of her life spent roaming the wilds of the world, has chosen to settle in Westbeer and make a living by selling some of the many spoils of the spell acquired throughout his many years of adventuring. Dorio, who continues to adventure, 
is forever replenishing the shop's inventory. Sunlight spills in through the cracks in the roof, its broad pale bling stepping through the dust over there. Presently, only Tarboroth is here. The broad shouldered form of adventure welcomes you warmly and steps forward to greet you in a shot across. So, the weapons. The weapons, they're just regular weapons. Although you do get some unmatched. You get unmatched, some unmatched weapons, so. For a fairly reasonable price. So. Might be worth considering. But the thing is, by the time you've got here, you will already have better weapons. In fact, pretty much at no. Pretty much the only adventure you're going to do with a non-magical weapon is is the starting out adventure. Because you're going to go start, do the starting out adventure, go to Hawklaw, get the Sword of Souls, or get the Goblin Doom, and then you'll never look back. What about armor? What armor does he sell? Okay, this is some unmatched, but... Oh, there's an unmatched plate breastplate. Is that... I think that might be cheaper than it is elsewhere. But that's... That's, that's the only truly remarkable thing there. But it's not for me, because I already have the Dragon Wing breastplate. Unsurprisingly... You can't get really good stuff in shops. That's just that's just how it works. This isn't like say most RPGs where the where you get to a new town, the shop will immediately have equipment better than anything you already have. And then you'll go into a dungeon and find equipment better than that, then go into the town and find equipment better than that, and so on, just constantly escalating. No, this, no, this, this game, all the best equipment is from doing adventures. All of it. Although, other than a few of the unmatched, unmatched plates, you'll probably keep that around for a bit. There's also tallies as well. Converse. Tadworth is eager to learn about your latest travel and adventures. In turn, he fills you in on what he and Doria have recently been up to. Daryl is always off on some excursion or other, he says. Thanks to our, we've got lots of things to stop this place with. Hope Sunday we might gather a few more unique items. Perhaps even magical things. But I can't, can't to offer what we have for the time being. It's all very good quality. Have you seen some of our latest treasures? We speak at length with Tala before he politely excuses himself to respond to the queries of a man who's just stepped into the shop. Okay, that's all I need to do here. And so next time, hmm, well, what will we do? Now, it just so happens there's some more ants we can meet in a cave in the northwest house.
might as well go there next. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.